Welcome to the PPR Podcast, where we discuss all things fantasy football, from player news, rankings, projections, and even trade advice. Everything to help you win your fantasy football league. And now, your host, Bob Miller. Hello, welcome to another episode of the PPR Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Miller. And as always, I have my trusty sidekick, Rob Sprout, along with us. And in this episode, we have a special guest joining us from the Back Row Texans show. Uh, His name is Branson Thomas. He's going to help us with this special AFC South uh, edition of the PPR podcast. Um, We're going to cover a lot of stars and and what you can expect production-wise from guys in this division, like a Phillip Rivers from a Leonard Fournette, what, what, what can we expect from a Jonathan Taylor this year, and where, where should we take him in our rookie draft? So um, without further ado, we're going to get started. And since, Branson, you're here on the show today, we're going to start with the Houston Texans. Um, there's a lot of debate out there as far as who that number three uh, dynasty quarterback is. Is it a Deshaun Watson? There's a lot of folks out there that think it's Kyler Murray. There's a lot of Kyler Murray love out there. Um, you still have your Russell Wilson truthers. Uh, me personally, my guy, number three, would be Dak Prescott. So let's get your thoughts, and let's start with Deshaun Watson. Is he your number three dynasty quarterback, or maybe do you have someone else uh, in that spot? You know, and, and all those guys are great choices. Um, not to be a homer, but I, I still am on the Deshaun Watson train. Uh, yes, losing Hopkins is going to take a, you know, a hit to any offense. It doesn't matter who you are, but you know, they're building around him. They're, they're bringing in guys, you know, they brought in Randall Cobb to sure up the slot that I don't think Houston's ever had a good slot receiver. You have cooks and fuller on the outside for speed. You know, you had fells as your tight end. who was seven touchdowns in the red zone. I mean, they're surrounding him with weapons, and you know they they're building the offensive line around him. They have two running backs right now, and David Johnson and Duke Johnson, both pass catching running backs. It, I honestly think he's going to have a better year this year than he did last year. I mean, he's gotten better each and every year that he's been in the league. So I don't see him taking a step back just because Hopkins left. Well, I certainly think he's going to be a, a very productive um, quarterback in fantasy, and I think you might be able to get him at a discount right now uh, in Absolutely. those drafts uh, because people think that the loss of Hopkins is really going to hurt him. But they did make some key additions. Uh, Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb, uh, those are sure-handed uh, guys that always seem to find a way to get open. And I don't think that's going to hurt Deshaun Watson losing Uh, Hopkins as much as it could. Now, I will tell you personally, um, I have him as my quarterback six in in Dynasty because, uh, of course, you've got Mahomes and Lamar as your one and two, but I've got Dak as my number three. I have Russell Wilson as my number four and Kyler Murray as my number five, and I really debated between Kyler Murray and and Deshaun Watson, because Kyler, in my opinion, is getting a little too much love right now. Um, people got to kind of chill out a little bit, take a step back, because this is the same kind of love uh, that people were giving Baker Mayfield exactly this time last year. Uh, so so right. did, did Kyler jump up because they got Nuke? 
I think Kyler was jumping up anyways because someone, I think people out there want that that guy to believe in that, you know, just built off of last year and, and thinking he's only going to go up. And I do think that he will. I think he's just going to get better. But I don't know if he's going to overtake a, a production from like a Dak Prescott um, or a Russell Wilson to really move up to that number three guy. Okay. I agree there. Yeah, I, I definitely see him improving and having Hopkins there is, you know, going to do wonders for him. But I, I don't see him making that jump all the way to, you know, three or four. So what happens when uh, Hopkins goes there, is running every crisp route that he can, and Kyler misses him? Yeah, there's no, there's He's no. Not, like, I, I'm, I'm being devil's advocate here. Like, I'm just saying. I know this is an AFC South uh, discussion here, but we get on Kyler, and I'm not a Kyler truther at all. I don't think he's, I don't think he's even like top ten discussion. Wow, wow. Yep. Yeah, that's that, another podcast. Yeah, man, that that'll get you plenty of hate because there's people out there getting <laughs> friggin' Kyler Murray tattoos right now. I mean, it's just. It's it, it's gotten a little bit out of hand. I I don't put him up past Russell Wilson. I don't put him past um, Dak Prescott. And man, I'm I'm fifty fifty with Deshaun Watson. If I was picking in a dynasty league right now, me personally, I'd probably take Deshaun Watson over Kyler Murray. So well, you didn't you, you didn't rank him that way. I know, I know, I know. Damn it. <laughs> so in the, in the heat of the startup, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of with you, Branson. I'm taking Deshaun Watson as the third quarterback. Well, okay, so like, let me throw this out there, too. They only had 21 designed runs for Deshaun last year compared to Lamar, who had like 119. So they've already came out and said they need, you know, put the ball in their best playmaker's hands and have him run more. So you throw in another 15 to 20 designed runs, there's going to be more points for you. You take away Nuke who was a good red zone target for him. So maybe he's going to have to rush the ball more in the red zone. So yeah, yeah, I can see that. You know, that ground game, I think, is going to going to increase for him. Yeah, they ran a lot of the – more towards the end of the year, it seemed to me, they ran a little bit more of that option play that, that Baltimore tends to run with Lamar Jackson. I saw Deshaun Watson uh, whipping that out a little bit, and I could see that carrying over uh, even more of that this year and uh, him picking up – you know, those key first downs for the team with his legs, which is just going to be fantasy goodness. So, Right. Well, and Bill O'Brien is uh, handing play calling over to Tim Kelly this year, so I'm uh, I'm excited to see what he does with that. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Good job, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Good job, me what? Not you, Bob. Oh, Bill O'Brien, gotcha. Bob. Bill O'Brien, Bob. There we go. Yeah. That, that Bob. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, so so Rob, both of you two were on board having him the number three uh, quarterback in dynasty, huh? Oh yeah. Well then, hell, I think you'd sure. be happy if you're doing the draft because I think you'd be able to get a, a good deal on him. But I, I can't fault Absolutely. you for that. He he produces and he's a hell of a quarterback, and I think he's a great fantasy asset. Um, so if he does slip in some of your drafts out there, folks, jump all over him. He. He didn't take that much of a hit, guys. He's got Brandon Cooks, which we'll talk about in a, in a minute or two, but he's got weapons, all right? He's not going to do any worse than he did last year. If not, he's going to improve. Um, right, right. right. 
As a matter of fact, like in, uh, I just rejected a trade from a guy in one of my leagues here. It's a super flex league, league 12 teams. Uh, he was trying to send me Tyler Higbee, Deshaun Watson, James Conner, and Chase Claypool. This guy is a big – or he he's trying to get this from me. My apologies. Higbee, Watson, James Conner, and Chase Claypool. This guy's also a big Steelers fan like me, so I kind of understand the, the want of these players. But he was trying to send me Zeke. Jared Stidham and a 2021 first. So it was kind of tough. I don't know where Stidham's going to land, if he's actually going to be the guy. So Superflex, it was kind of tough to get rid of Watson for me. And I feel like I'd be losing too much talent overall just to pick up Zeke and Stidham and then whatever's going to happen in the first round. So I, I rejected that trade. I sent a counter that did not include Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's kind of hard to give smart. up. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm giving up Deshaun Watson in that deal. I've got no problem uh, having a deal with, with James Conner and, and adding a player or two to get Zeke, um, but I don't think I'm giving Deshaun Watson with James Conner uh, to acquire Ezekiel. Right. Um, well, speaking, you know, kind of talking about running backs there, let's move on to the Texans running back situation here because I believe that one of the reasons why some folks are going to listen to this episode um, is because of David Johnson. And what can we expect from him? Because I think this is another guy that you can get at a hell of a discount right now and could most definitely outperform his his at, his ADP or maybe his auction price. So what's your thoughts, uh, Branson, on as far as his fantasy production? Do you think um, he could be that running back one, or do you see him being more of a, an RB2? I mean, what's your thoughts there? No, actually, I absolutely see him being a running back one this year, um, just in terms of volume alone. I mean, Carlos Hyde, nobody's going to put him on a pedestal and say he was a great running back, but he had you know 245 carries. He had over 1,000 yards for the first time in his career. So one thing the Texans like to do is they're going to pound the ball. They like to, to run, 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 and then try to throw it deep. So... Just that alone, he's going to take over volume. He's going to get carries inside the red zone. I think he only had two touchdowns last year. And yeah, that's it. That's obviously going to go up. There's no way it stays the same or gets worse. He's he's going to go up. I can see, I could see eight to ten touchdowns this year easy for him. So wow. how did he lose his job to Kenyon Drake? Well, I know last year he was battling some back and ankle injuries for part of the season. Um, and then I think his fit. hand was still an issue at the beginning of the season too. Agreed. I don't, I think he rushed back. I think he was wanting to come back and came back too soon when he wasn't ready. Yeah. So injuries were a part of it. And then that offensive line is not the best. Then you throw mm. in the fact that he wouldn't, in his words, he says he, he wasn't wanted. He didn't feel wanted. He didn't. And that's entirely possible. His scheme. Right. I mean, they had some new regime type stuff there. So he didn't really fit the mold of what they wanted, I guess. They went pretty aggressively at Kenny and Drake to get him. Right. And then David Johnson just kind of became an afterthought. And when he was in there, he didn't look as good as Drake did. And maybe right. there was a whole, like, free Kenny and Drake, and uh, Miami just wasn't using him right. So. Well, Kenyon oh, Drake. Oh, I, I agree with that 100%. Kenyon Drake had, uh, he's got a lot more speed, and, and he fit the offense that they were trying to run, whereas David Johnson didn't. And, and I think that's the reason why the Texans acquired him, 
is because I think he fits a lot more of what they want to accomplish um, with their offense. I think one hundred. Yeah, I think he's a, a, you know. a better a better Lamar Miller. Absolutely, absolutely. I think he, he's, he's got he's a much better rusher. He, and yeah, yeah. He, he he's good between the tackles. Um, he's had a, a a great fantasy season before. He's put up the numbers, but I do agree. I think he came back a little early last year because I was, he was afraid of getting cut. You know, looking injury prone, and uh, he didn't want to catch that rap. And um, and unfortunately, that it still kind of followed him. But I think the big big difference this year is he only had thirty six catches last year. Uh, with the Cardinals, and I could see that jumping up to somewhere around 60 catches this year, uh, because I think they could they could dump the ball off to him a lot, set up a lot of screens, really take advantage of his skill set. I mean, let's get it straight. They traded for him for a damn reason. That you know they're not going to not use him, and so I think that I could see him catching a lot of passes in this offense, which is which is good stuff for a PPR league. So oh, where does Duke Johnson? Where's Duke Johnson fit into that? Well, so last year he he rushed for eighty three or carried the ball eighty three times, had four hundred and ten yards and two touchdowns, and caught forty four receptions for four hundred ten yards and three touchdowns. So are his targets going to go down? Are they still going to keep him as a third down back? Maybe run like I, a dual threat sort of deal because Duke Johnson can run slot receiver plays. That's what so, I picture. I picture a lot of sets with both backs on the field. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Both of them, ha- honestly, those two might have the best hands on the team, and they're both running backs. They're both that good. And I do see his rushes coming down a little bit. I don't see him getting 83 again. I could maybe see him 60, 65. But I think injuries there. kind of forced that last year. Correct. But, you know, and like you were saying with David Johnston, he's a better rusher than Carlos Hyde was, and he can catch the ball. So last year when Carlos Hyde was in, it was predictable. Odds are we were going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Hyde only had 10 receptions. So now you put David Johnson in, and you don't know what it's going to be. It could be a pass. It could be a run. So it makes the offense less predictable, which is why I think you know it's going to help him and make him do better. Yeah, he's I think a- he's also – Sorry, go ahead, Bob. Well, I, I think he's a three-down back. He's a true three-down back. I don't think he has elite speed. Um, I don't think he's elite in anything. I think one of the best assets he brings to the team is his hands and his ability to catch the ball. And him and Duke Johnson are very similar in a lot of ways. And it seems that neither one can really, really uh, take the full load, I guess you could say. So they'll sure. both complement each other, and they can run the same plays with either one of those guys, you know, in the game, uh, which will make it less predictable. And that's the reason why I think if David Johnson can maybe ascend to be that number one guy, and he could catch up to sixty passes in this offense. And I don't know if I see him becoming a, an RB one in fantasy, but I could see him being a, a solid RB two. I could see him floating around that ten to twelve you know, ranked RB. So, you know, if you're a 12 team league, that puts him in, you know, you know, number one, but. Right. I think um, one thing we're missing here on the whole picture grand scheme of things is uh, Deshaun Watson needs some blocking. The guy's (laughs) running for, he's running for his poor life, like all the time. And David Johnson brings that too. Let me stop you real quick there. So Mm. the offensive (laughs) line 
his win rate of 62% on all pass plays. That was eighth in the league last year. But when you watch it, it doesn't look that way. Yeah, it looks like he's running for his life. Yeah. He he is. If they're designed if they're designed the rollouts, yeah, maybe that too. He's so in plays where he makes a decision under three seconds, he was top five in the league. But anytime it was over three seconds, he was I think eighteenth. Right. You know, is that the determining he has factor a in a win rate? To, to hold the ball too long. Is the time the determining factor in a win rate for an O line? Like, if they can hold them off for three to four seconds, is that considered a win? I'm not sure. I would, yeah, I, I don't would know what that metric yeah. is. You know, but I'd have to check on that, yeah. I, I think, think it I think... really depends on that receiving core that they have. You know, you have that um, Randall Cobb that can get open pretty quick, and Brandon Cooks does a fairly decent job at that as well. Um, so maybe that's all you need. Maybe that's the reason why they picked up those players. To... I think that's what you call that's what you call a segue there, Bob. Good job. We're going to wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So moving on to those wide receivers. Speaking of one, Brandon Cooks. You know what do we expect from him this year? As far as a fan, this guy can't get any love. He's been on like eighteen teams, I believe now. Um, every year he gets traded for a first round pick. It seems. Uh, He's still holding value. All right. He's a damn good wide receiver. Yeah. But I don't know why he doesn't stick somewhere. I don't know if it's the money or what it is. But, you know, me personally, I think he can be a sneaky wide receiver too. Um, Definitely a strong flex play in a PPR league. Uh, Branson, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts there? No, no, absolutely. I I definitely see him as a a wide receiver too this year. Um, That is while him and Fuller are both on the field. If, or should I say, when Fuller goes down, exactly. I, I see those from that game on as wide receiver one numbers. I think he does. He gets open quite easily. He is really crisp on his routes. And, you know, regarding the, you know, being on his fourth team, each time, you know, like you said, they traded first-round pick for him, first-round pick for him, first-round pick for him. We got him for a second-round pick, so I mm-hmm. felt kind of like a win there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, I think it's a money thing. It Teams is. have to make and a decision as to whether or not they want to keep, do I need two stud wide receivers or can I get away with one and pay him and have two or three other guys that are okay? Yeah, the Rams had to get rid of him. I mean, they, they're in a horrible shape as far as their salary cap. So Todd Gurley had to go and Brandon Cooks had to as well. So Well, and especially after that entire offense took a step back last year, you know, it, it, it wasn't working out. So they really did have to bail on a lot of pieces. Look, they got rid of Co- or, sorry, Cooks and Gurley, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, so what? I mean, what do you think, Rob? Where do you see Brandon Cooks kind of fitting in that that wide receiver range for you? Uh, I can see him as probably mid to high end wide receiver two type range, and that depends on which five games Will Fuller wants to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, now. One thing I've been taking a look at is the Randall Cobb fit. And this guy can still run routes. He wasn't really used that well last year. And now he's in Houston. He's got Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball. I think the uh, the slot receiver route, like slot receiver is locked down for him. Oh, yeah. And you're going to see Absolutely. him step up. And I, I could see the Texans supporting potentially two wide receiver twos and one of them being Randall Cobb. Now, let's not forget about Kenny Stills. 
Kenny still started to ramp up and get good chemistry with uh, Deshaun Watson in the, the last year. No, I'm, who knows I'm, what Kenny I'm Stills is going to be? Stills. I'm big on Kenny Stills too, and my my poor heart hurts because I love Kiki QT. I, I love that guy. Him too, but he's in the doghouse and yeah, he's has lost. Come out of the doghouse yet? Yeah, he's. I don't know how he gets out of shovel. it. Yeah. He kind of got. He had some injury another type team. stuff. Uh, yeah, another team picks him up, and he's good as gold. But I love that kid, and it just sucks because he's just stuck, and they're putting all these pieces. And kind of just pushing him down the pecking order, and that's kind of rough on him. But I could honestly see like what Cooks, Cooks, and either Randall Cobb or Stills being wide receiver two type talk. Will Fuller when he's in there is up there as well, and then Kenny Stills. You're looking at a flex play. You could potentially have four wide receivers on that team that can you can plug into a fantasy roster and be successful. And if and if so, that's the if that's the case, then then Deshaun Watson will certainly be a hell of a fantasy player this year. And and that's part of my you know my discussion towards him being that is is look at the depth we have at wide receiver. It's you know, disgusting. Yes, we now. lose we lose Hopkins, but honestly, Watson got in trouble a lot because he would focus only on Hopkins and he mm-hmm. wouldn't see Fuller or Stills going down the field wide open. And you take him out of it, it's going to make him make the decision to the open receiver. And you've got four guys that I think they're going to rotate in a lot more than normal just to try to keep them all healthy. So that might kind of tamper, you know, some high-end expectations on any one of them individually. But, you know, as to Cobb, I'm I'm really big on him this year. Like I said, the Texans have not had a slot receiver that was good in their entire franchise history. You know, right. he's a veteran presence who, you know, he's he's worked with – um, Dak Prescott and he's worked with Aaron Rodgers which Aaron Rodgers is the one that Bill O'Brien and the Texans seem to try to have Deshaun Watson watch so if you're trying right. to have him learn how to do what Aaron Rodgers does who better to have it than one of his old receivers right and then you add David Johnson and Duke Johnson as pass catchers too there's a lot Absolutely. of weapons there yeah, so I think that Brandon Cooks is a nice uh, is a nice pickup in fantasy leagues, and especially just like we were talking about these other guys, David Johnson and and even Deshaun Watson, uh, you you could probably get him at a pretty nice discount right now, and it could pay off in the long run. Uh, Randall Cobb is a sneaky little play. He could you know you could see these games where Randall Cobb has eight or nine catches. Um, so so he would be a nice nice play for you as well, personally. Me being a Notre Dame fan, I love Will Fuller, but I'm not going anywhere near him <laughs> in a in a dynasty league, in a redraft league, or anything. I do believe he's a heck of a heck of a best ball player. So if you're in a best ball league, certainly he is one of the guys to target. But me, per- oh, I'm absolutely. not messing with him in any other league. I, I, he he he's a game loser. He is a league loser for you. <laughs> you know when he comes out in the first quarter and you've only gotten one Pulls fantasy point. Yeah, exactly, man. He's going to lose you a game one week or or two weeks if you if you play him two times. Or you're uh, going to trade him away and then he's going to kill you week like 13 when you're trying to get in the playoffs. Listen, the only damn time he's going to put up points is when he's on your bench. You know, so that's that. <laughs> so, uh, uh you know, moving on to their tight end situation. Do, Branson, do they have a tight end that's worth owning in fantasy? So, for this year, I do think Darren Fells uh is worth owning. Um, he's not going to be, you know, your elite. He's going to be kind of your 
higher tight end two, low end tight end one. Um, and that's solely because of touchdowns. You know, he's he's not going to be consistent week to week, but he's going to he's gonna have, I think, just as many touchdowns as he did last year. Which he had, so he had seven. I'm thinking he's going to have eight or nine this year now that wow. Hopkins is gone. One less red zone player to deal with. Man, that would be uh, that'd be fantasy gold right there because I, I think a Darren Fells you can get. I don't. I, he'll probably go undrafted in most leagues unless he, you're in something. He's gone super undrafted deep. in every league that I've drafted in thus far. I just pick him up and storm on my bench afterwards, or pick him in the last round. May not be a bad little little pickup just to stash, especially if you're in a deep league. Uh, you got any thoughts on that, Rob? Or what? yeah, I was just kind of looking to see where he's been drafted and. I'm in the uh, the back row fantasy show little uh, startup mock we decided to do that's going to turn into a real league apparently, and we're we're round sixteen and Darren Fells has still not been taken. I'm not going to take him just because I have like four tight ends already. So <laughs> we'll see what happens at uh, the last pick of the draft. I haven't decided oh, yeah? yet. <laughs> oh geez, maybe I'll have to snipe him just in case. <laughs> no, but I I do think he's. He's a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for. I mean, everywhere he went, he was labeled as a a blocking tight end, and no one really gave him that that option to even try as a receiving tight end, which is part of the reason he came back to Houston in the first place. He, you know, we had him for a one year deal last year, and he re-signed with us for another couple of years this year. It's because he's getting that chance, and he only caught thirty four balls last year, and I could see that jumping up to fifty. So. I do, I do expect him to, uh, to be a sneaky good value off the, so, basically off the waiver wire. <laughs> so maybe like a best ball play, not necessarily someone you're going to put yeah, your starting I definitely lineup. Would, I definitely use him in best ball. Um, he's a good, you know, bye week fill in too, and just depending on the matchups. All right, yeah, I can go with that. <clears throat> well, moving on to there, we don't talk about defenses a whole, whole lot on the show, but if there's one here and there that sticks out, uh, we do like to kind of talk about it for a moment there. And the Texans have a pretty good defense with J.J. Watt there and, and their linebackers and whatnot. Do you expect their defense to be, you know, one of the upper echelon uh, defenses again in, in fantasy this year? No. I mean, they're probably going to be about what they were last year, right in the middle of the pack. Um, they really need to work on getting that pass rush and getting to the quarterback. I think they only had like 31, 36 sacks last year. So they were like 28th in the league. You know, they didn't didn't have an option there. So they kind of addressed that in the draft. And if they can get to the quarterback, sure, they could be, you know, up there. I like their secondary, but I just see them as a middle of the pack, not really worth uh drafting probably well they did lose jj watt again um uh, so uh, they'll definitely get after the quarterback a lot more which could create turnovers which most most of the time does um i know i listened to your last episode of the back row texans show and you were talking about the the schedule um that the texans have and so that's the reason why i thought i'd ask you about the defense there to see you know you you took a, a real close look at their opponents this coming season. So I wanted to get that perspective if 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 anyone out there drafting a defense special teams might need to reach uh, to get the defense of the Texans or just kind of hold back, um, kind of just, just hold and, and take what comes to you. 
if you're gonna if you're gonna pick up a defense late and you're waiting, I can definitely see him being a good choice. Um, I might also throw in you should probably draft another defense for the first two weeks, just mm-hmm. because they go up against Kansas City and then Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, that, that may be a good idea. <laughs> well, let's you know, talk. And, and odds are they're not going to get drafted, so you could pick them up. You know, week three, week four. Yeah, that that might be the thing, though, is that folks probably won't draft them at all because of their first two weeks. And so it might be a nice little, you know, week three pickup uh, just just to put back, you know, so. Against the Steelers. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> and maybe a week four pickup then. No, never yeah. mind. <laughs> well, hey, let's let's talk about their draft a little bit. Branson, why don't you shed some light on their, on what your thoughts are uh, with the Texans draft and if there's any players there uh, that stick out to you that could have some fantasy relevance this coming season. So, yeah, I mean, their draft was short and sweet. We only had five picks. I <laughs> uh, didn't have a first-rounder and didn't have seventh-rounder. But it was – Four of those five picks, or or excuse me, three of them were defense, which their first two guys are going to help the defense instantly, I think, uh, help bolster that line. But in terms of this year, I don't see anybody um, necessarily helping out. But if you are in a dynasty league, the wide receiver from Rhode Island, Isaiah Coulter, I'm trying to pick him up and kind of sit him on my bench for a year or two because – I can definitely see him making plays as a top wide receiver for us. Yeah, I think you need a good taxi taxi squad rule for that personally because your guys' wide receiver depth is quite strong right now. Yeah, but Brandon Cooks I may just only be there for a year. Everybody. Yeah, Brandon Cooks may get yeah. traded again next year for a second or something, you know. So. Not going to pay Fuller a ton of money if he doesn't stay on the field. Yeah. Right, right, right. So – uh, if I could touch on your draft real quick. Now, me being a Penn State guy, I was happy to see uh, the corner, John Reed, go to you guys. That guy is going to be a top-notch corner in the NFL. Superb. Oh, I'm excited bald. about him, too. Oh, man. That guy's nasty. And then uh, Jonathan Greenard, if, you guys, if anybody plays IDP, pick these guys up. Jonathan Greenard, he's out of Florida, and John Reed uh, out of Penn State. Both on the Texans, go get them. Jonathan Greener plays the edge, and he is an animal. So, go get him. Yeah, he's going to help bolster that pass rush. Oh, yeah. Help make more turnovers. So, I think the Texans defense next year is going to be one of the top ones for sure once these guys get in the groove. Yeah, they might be something nice to have, uh, you know, moving forward, you know, with with that draft that they had. Um, Well, listen, Branson, thanks for – Thanks for shedding some light on the on the Texans. Uh, I encourage everyone to go follow you at Back Row Texans. Is it? Yep, uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's at Back Row Texans. You know, give me a listen. If you have questions, feel free to ask me. We can you know debate or you can agree with me. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> exactly, but that that's the whole point. You're there to help and uh, you know help Absolutely. out your fellow fellow Texans uh, fans there. Um, so let's move on to the Tennessee Titans, shall we? Let's all three kind of uh, talk about what we can expect from this team because there is a whole lot of fantasy goodness here. Um, and so let's let's start off with the quarterback situation there. Ryan Tannehill. This guy was a a 
stud the second half of the season last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, yep. he outscored every quarterback the second half of the season except for Lamar Jackson. Can he be that going into this season here? Because, I mean, hell, he from week seven moving forward, he averaged 26 points per game in fantasy. You know, can we see something like that? Can we see him being a QB1 uh, this coming year? Uh, what's your thoughts there? Uh, either one of you. I'll, I'll toss it up. All right. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and go. I'll uh, be the first to jump in here. I think he keeps the throttle on. I, I don't think that Tannehill was put to very good use in Miami. I don't think anybody's put a good use in Miami. So, uh, sorry, uh Bark, I know shout if you're listening Bark. to this. Yeah, shout out, Bark. Uh, Miami's not good at using players. Um, Tannehill, I called it. As soon as he got traded to the Titans, I was like, he's going to take Mariota's job. Now, Titans wouldn't have traded Mariota away if Tannehill wasn't going to be the guy. Like, for sure. And they know they have a really good quarterback in him, and they trust him. And I do, too. Um, I'm picking Tannehill up. In one quarterback leagues, I'm picking him up. Uh, probably sooner than I should, but he is my backup quarterback. Well, he can get next you that. to he... Lamar Jackson, who I happened to draft in the first round and oh, got wow. scolded for it. But you, you know, should have, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, that that could be one of those things that if you do pick him up as a backup quarterback, that means you you may have a more valuable. Uh, quarterback as your QB one uh, in other people's eyes, so mm-hmm. it might give you that leverage to trade that other QB and just roll with Tannehill. Because I, I do agree a hundred percent. I think that this thing keeps rolling this year. I think he's going to be a top tier quarterback in fantasy. Uh, definitely a QB one. Um, he's a dual threat. He's got his weapons are only going to get better. Uh, Derrick Henry's healthier this year. A.J. Brown's going to be better, which we'll touch on in a few minutes. But I think he's going to be a legit QB1, and if you can get him on your team, you might be able to get him at a discount right now. Some people may not believe in him. Um, I still wouldn't mind taking him in a dynasty league. Uh, I think he's got several pretty decent seasons ahead of him. I mean, he's only 31. Exactly. Yeah, he's got a long time. Yeah. I'm afraid, though, that he's going to have a game or two like he did in the playoffs where – he has 83 passing yards. You know, I can see that happening where they're just pounding the ball because they have a lead the whole game. Right, and they're going to do that with Derrick Henry. Absolutely. But I think the more comfortable he gets with his weapons, you're going to see him uh, jump up. And I'm going to talk about the weapons a little later here when we get to them. <laughs> well, I mean, if any, if no one has anything else to say about the Tannehill uh fantasy kind of projections man we'll move right on to derrick henry all right all right let's do that so derrick henry man was a a stud last year even in ppr leagues uh, mm-hmm. he was nice to have uh you know he finished as the number seven running back last year he had 1539 rushing yards 16 rushing tds mm-hmm. he had 18 catches for 206 yards and two catching two re- uh, receiving touchdowns um me personally, I, I see more of the same this year, maybe even a little bit better, believe it or not. Um, I have him rushing for probably a little over 1,400 yards, another 15 rushing touchdowns. He probably catches a few more passes um, and, and catches another couple of touchdowns there. I was looking today at, on Yahoo, and Yahoo's uh, 
Dalton Del Don. I don't know if you've ever read any of his work. Mm-mm. This guy had he was he wrote a whole article about taking taking Derrick Henry number one even over McCaffrey and over Saquon. And that guy's uh, a lunatic. Yeah. Jeez. He he pre- is this a redraft or a dynasty? I you know, I, I think more redraft, redraft. Yeah, more yeah. redraft than dynasty. Um non PPR. Yeah, he said he takes a little bit of a hit. Obviously. Ancient scoring. Yeah, yeah. exactly. T- t- touchdown only leagues, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, you know, he, he he had some nice, interesting stuff I read. I thought it was a little far-fetched. There's no way in the world I'm taking him number one over those guys, even in redraft. Um, but he it was, it was somewhat believable. I mean, I loved what he wrote. I mean, he had great, great points. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on Derrick Henry, I mean, what what do you think about him um, this year as far as redraft? Where where do you rank him in dynasty? Does Tennessee lock his ass up and and sign him long term, or, or is that a little bit of a, a concern for us? I'm gonna let you go ahead and go, Branson. Yeah, so you know, this season I think he's gonna ball out again. Um, I don't know if he'll get 16 rushing touchdowns. That may come down a little, but. <laughs> 13, 14 probably would be what I'm looking at. So not a huge difference. He's he's going to ball out. And I, in terms of locking him up long term, I don't know. I think they're going to franchise him one more year and be done with him. Mm-hmm. That's just how I, how, what I feel about it. Yeah, I kind of see that myself. So I'm, I'm with you on that. And I think Tennessee runs the wheels off of him. Yep. And I feel like uh, there's some teams that are going to that now because they don't want to pay big money to running backs. So it's if I can well, just I mean, look what run the crap out do. of you, <clears throat> right? So if I can just run the crap out of you for a while, I have you in your rookie contract. Maybe I'll franchise you for the next year if we're still competitive, right? But you're not going to get a big contract. And yeah. if you want to go somewhere else, you're still not going to make as much money as if you were just under a franchise tag. So they're going to franchise him. Uh, if they make the playoffs this year, which they should, um, then I, I can see them franchising him for another year and then trying to play the uh, trade market with him because they drafted Darrington Evans, who's he's no slouch himself. No. So you could see some reception-type things going his way, but I, I think they're honestly just going to run the wheels off of Henry. Yeah, he's going to have high volume this year for sure. Yeah. And listen, I mean, he put up – just damn good numbers once Tannehill came in in week seven. I mean, he finished with – when Tannehill came in week seven, uh, from that point on, Henry scored 15 touchdowns, uh, a total That's of 15. That's because it was finally a threat to throw it. Exactly. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me from week seven on – is yes. it when he got the, all of his touchdowns? No, no, because he had two receiving touchdowns last year. He had – I want to say he had 19. Well, virtually uh, all of his touchdowns. Okay, yeah. yeah. He had 19 total touchdowns last year, and 15 of those came from week seven moving forward once Tannehill took over. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a that's an interesting stat. It is. Um, it is. So yeah. that, with 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 Tannehill there, uh, you know, starting week one. I mean, the sky's the limits for this guy. And, and and like I said, like you both said, I think they're going to run the damn wheels off of him. Um, mm-hmm. It No one has been able to stop that. So if it isn't broke, don't fix it. 
Nope. Um, so, I mean, the, the guy they got behind him, Darrington Evans, they don't really have anything to worry about. This guy, sophomore, he came out as a junior. Like His sophomore year, he rushed the ball for, I don't even know, it was 179 times. Junior year is 187 times for 1,480 yards, 18 touchdowns. Or, sorry, he ran the ball 255 times for 1,480 yards, 18 touchdowns, had 21 receptions for five more touchdowns. So that guy knows how to get the job done, too. Yeah, so, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't think they're worried at the running back position, even if Henry does go down. So well, I did see something uh, actually earlier today, as a matter of fact, um, that the Titans had reached out uh, to the Ravens about Gus Edwards. Hmm. I don't know how much I don't know how much uh, there is to that. I mean, it is Twitter, and it's nothing but full of rumors, uh, whether that's true or not. But it got me to thinking that would be actually a pretty good uh, landing spot for someone like a Gus. Uh, he's a downhill, big, big thumper, uh, kind of a poor man's Derrick Henry, uh, to say the Absolutely. least. So yeah. I, I think that would be probably a great landing spot for that. But the thing that that might hurt is someone like Darrington Evans. Because yeah, there's people taking him late in their uh, in their rookie drafts and, and stashing him away because if Henry's not going to be there long term, then Evans might be a hell of a nice little uh, secret stash. They're, to they're have. not taking him too late. Um, I did an average ADP for six leagues that I've drafted so far, and they're all super flex um, except for one of them. And his ADP has been the the two nine. Oh well, that's a hell of a lot higher than in a twelve team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a lot higher than I. So thought. I've seen it's been as late as the three twelve, and most of them are two eight two nine, hmm. somewhere around there. So that might be that a uh, Derrick Henry owner, uh, you know, taking the. That's handgun. very possible too. I didn't dig into it that deep, but you're you're looking at that. It's not that's that's it's a good average draft spot for a backup running back. Well, I'll tell you this. I have, I, I've got Derrick Henry uh, in the top five running backs this year, um, only behind you know McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, and uh, Dalvin. I think I've, I'm going to have him outscoring even uh, Kamara. Yep, yep, I really mm. do. I think they're going to run the hell out of him, um, and unless an injury occurs, um, and keep in mind he he kind of had a leg injury last year when he was doing all this. Uh, so he's healthy this year. I, I, you know, I'm. I think the sky's the limit for him, and uh, I think if you draft him uh, in a redraft league, I think you got nothing to worry about. But you got to keep it in the back of your mind uh, how much longer we're going to be able to use him in a dynasty league. You know how how much longer he's going to be in that great great situation. Ride him one more year and trade him while he's high. Exactly. Yeah, I think so too. So let's move on. Let's move on to the wide receiver core there. Man, a lot of folks are loving them some A.J. Brown right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, he, he averaged 15 – in PPR leagues, he averaged 15 points per game when Tannehill took over in week seven. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty tasty. That's not bad. Um, and and where do you have him where, – where's, where's he going in ADP there, Rob? Uh, you know, is he going as a wide receiver two right now? Or? Oh, man, I didn't dig him up too okay. much as in my ADP. Wide receiver two is definitely uh, the range, though, and I'd say high wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. The, the talk and the stigma surrounding A.J. Brown is just that he is uh, – he's the wide receiver one on the Titans. 
Period. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So people were going out there, and he he's being drafted as wide receiver too. But let's be real this this kid had over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns last year mm-hmm. as a rookie. Touches with only, limited touches, especially yeah, before week seven. Catches. He only had fifty two. Uh, it was on eighty four targets. Yep. It was on eighty four targets, but that was prior to Tannehill. I'm telling you, yeah, uh, this guy is going to get a lot of looks this year. So, I, and I think I think Corey Davis is out the door next year. I think they're going to draft some more wide receivers to put around him. I think Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys are both probably gone next year. So, yep, it's just a matter of time before they well. build all the weapons around Tannehill when they realize, like, hey, this guy plays football really well. <laughs> well, that running game really sets up that play action for him as well. So uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I can see his volume as far as catches going up. Uh, you know, he could catch more, you know, 20 more passes. He had 52 catches last year. I could see it. I've got him right now at 71, 72 catches, 1,180 yards and nine TDs. Um so right I put him a little more than that, I think, because I think that people are going to realize that Corey Davis might actually be a threat too, once he gets a little more comfortable with Ryan Tannehill. So we'll see, and I wouldn't be surprised if they don't try to force Corey Davis the ball a little bit to get a little more trade value out of him. Yeah, it's not a bad, uh, not a bad thought. Which I mean, Branson, you got anything to to add to the AJ Brown uh, stuff? You know, like I said, he he was amazing last year with the limited touches he gets. I disagree that they're going to force feed Davis. I, like you said, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He's on the way out the door. It's it's going to be A.J. Brown. I didn't and necessarily mean he's a, force feed him. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, but, I mean, like, they're going to try to get him the ball a little bit more, though, just to get that trade value for him. Like, I honestly he, think that's something that could be Is he under happening. contract next year, though? No, I believe uh, they declined. I think they declined. They declined his fifth-year fifth yeah. option. So unless they franchise them, they're not going to get any of them at all. You know, there's a lot of dynasty rankings out there that have AJ Brown as a as a wide receiver, kind of a back end wide receiver one. You know, ranked right around the 11th, 12th. Um, you know, dynasty wide receiver in front of of guys like Kenny Galladay, Julio, Cortland Sutton, you know, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson. So the love is definitely there for him. And um, if if he can put up those numbers and stay ahead of those guys, I think you've got a hell of a deal on him. If he if you're in a dynasty league and you have him, I think he's a nice hold. I don't know if I'm shopping him at all. Uh, I think we just kind of scratched the surface as far as what he's can do and what he's going to do. Um, so yeah, I think he's a, he's a great one to, to hold on there too, or a a great target if you don't have to give the farm to acquire him. So, right. So do they, what do we think about Jonu Smith? You know, can he be a tight end one? Is he a tight end two or is he something just a bi-week guy? I mean, what do we think about him? It's a real interesting stat. Um, after week seven, when Tannehill started, <laughs> that's how we Johnny's... should start. That's when the Titans season yeah, began. Just ignore, I believe. Ignore you're, you're damn right. It did, <laughs> right? It's like the first part of the season just doesn't matter. Um, but literally, week seven, when Tannehill started, Johnny Smith was on the field for at least seventy percent of the snaps. And regardless of targets and everything like that, and that kind of fluctuated a little bit, but he started getting more targets. And getting more receptions, and I think Johnny Smith takes a step up this year, and you're looking at maybe like a low end tight end too. And he's just going to progress. The, the kid's still like 24 years old. 
He's young for a tight end. Dynasty for sure. I, I, I'd stash him. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think he's definitely worth uh, rostering, and uh, he is getting drafted right now as kind of a mid to low tight end, too. And, and I think he's got some upside a little bit better than that. So I think you're going to get at least what you paid for him, and you may get a little bit better of a deal um, depending on how the season goes for them. So, yeah. I, I right. If I had to have him as a, as a bi-week filler, I'd be super happy about it. Absolutely. Shoot, yeah. Heck, yeah. Um, so, Rob, do you uh, what did you think about the Titans draft? Uh, they got some pretty good deals on defense. Um, is there any players that really stick out to you? Honestly, the uh, their round one pick, I think, to bolster their O-line a little bit, get Ryan Tannehill a little bit of help. Uh, his name's, what is it, Isaiah Wilson? Mm-hmm. That guy's yep. pretty good. He's out of Georgia. That guy's really, really good. Uh, great tackle. I think he's going to be a, a good blocker as well, which is something that Henry could use. He could, like, if he could get a couple more yards before he's getting hit, that'd be great. Um, and you're going to see Derrick Henry's production go up, and you're going to see Tannehill's production go up because he actually has protection. Um, second round, they took a corner, which they could use a little help on defense in the corner, and then Darrington Evans. Uh, after that, it was just kind of some dart throws at tackle and uh, quarterback Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. He's kind of good. He may, maybe he might fight for a backup spot, but that's gonna be about it. Yeah, I mean he's kind of that Tannehill type of mold. He's he's a mobile guy that uh, can kind of do some of that stuff. So it made sense to pick him up. But yeah, that that pickup in the first round was great. Uh, Fulton uh, falling to them in the second round, I thought was a steal. I mean a, there was a lot of mocks out there that had him as a first round talent a first round pick but that just shows how deep this class was and then Darrington Evans in the third round could be a nice little steal if you can pick him up in a dynasty league and you know stash him away for a year um, because if Derrick Henry doesn't come back then I think he may have something really really nice there um, so good stuff right I think you need to jump on Darrington Evans sooner than later uh, his hype train's starting to get up there so I'm seeing more and more things about him getting drafted sooner and sooner. And a lot of that's based off of the Derrick Henry contract talk and things like that. So uh, you, I, I, you may see his price get a little too high. So Well, just, I think that if you're taking him um, in a draft, um, you may have to go a little higher, obviously, than even I expected. Um, if, if it were me and, and you weren't able to get him in, in your draft, if you weren't able to, to pick him up, wait uh, for the season to begin where he's not really producing each week because of Derrick Henry. Um, and, and there's a lot of those owners out there in fantasy leagues that get bored with players real quick. Mm-hmm. And I could see I could see there being uh, uh, people dropping him. Uh, I don't see it happening yep. very much. But, you know, week four, week five, when the bye weeks really start to hit and they've got to drop players and make decisions to pick up these these bye week replacements, I think that's a great time to strike and and go after a Darrington Evans because that Darrington Evans owner is probably going to be a little bit bored with them um, unless they are that Derrick Henry owner to have him as their handcuff. Right, and I'd say if you have like a somebody is just sitting on him, maybe he's sitting on a guy's taxi squad and – Maybe he's not the Derrick Henry owner, even if he is, and Derrick Henry's out there just balling out. But, hey, man, would you take, uh, you know, another backup running back and maybe a 2021 third or fourth? Like, probably just a fourth. I think a third straight up would be a fair value for him as long as he's not on the field. 
But as soon as that guy gets on the field and starts doing anything, like his price is going to go way up. That stock's going to rise. Yeah, exactly. I think you should attack early in the season when you can and and maybe see that who that owner has coming up in their bye weeks. And if you have a player that that you can trade them, that they can plug in, um, that they can use that week, then it may be even more tempting for them to trade you a Darrington Evans. Because to be honest with you guys, you know, that's exactly what I'm doing with J.K. <laughs> it's exactly what I'm going to do with J.K. Dobbins, okay? I'm probably right. not going to be able to get a hold of him, but I'm going to wait midseason and hope that someone gets bored with him. And I'm going to, I'm gonna. well, I can't say it on the air what I'm going to do if I have J.K. Dobbins, but uh, yeah, mm. anyways. You can <laughs> use your, you, Yeah, use your, your dirtiest of imaginations there. So, I see. Yeah, yeah. A little roster baiting, all right. Oh, much of it, much of it. <laughs> uh, so, man, that was great stuff. I hope we uh, helped those Titan fans out there and, and just fantasy owners and uh, in general that had questions about Tannehill and, and A.J. Brown and especially people like Derrick Henry and even that Jonu Smith owner. Um, let's move on to the Colts, shall we? They have got uh, – they, they drafted a running back. I can't remember his name. Um, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, Love him. Yeah, and they signed a, a quarterback that's about 80 years old. No, um, he's not. Nah, I'm just messing. He's <laughs> younger than Tom Brady. Yeah, that is true. That's okay. all that matters. Yep, yep. But, yeah, so let's start with him. What, what do we think? I mean, honestly, Phillip Rivers, old man Rivers, what do we expect out of him? Is, is he still a QB2? Can we see him sneaking into that back-end QB1? Uh, you know, where do we, we're probably not talking about him very much in a dynasty league, but if you're in a super flex league, you need that second QB or even a third QB. What, you know, what, what's our thoughts on him? Uh, I'll open it up to either one of you guys. So, you know, what, what, what do you think? I'll, uh, I'll take a stab at it. So he's never had a good offensive line all his time in San Diego and in L.A., and he's coming to one of the top offensive lines in the entire league. Sure you know, is. He's going to have time, and when he has time, he makes the throws. So I can definitely see him, you know, possibly sneaking into that low-end QB1 range um, this year for sure. You know, And they got him – Got him more weapons, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, that's going to mm-hmm. throw him off. He, he, I don't think he knows what to do if he has that time. <laughs> um, so, you know, that might mess him up a little bit there. He may not fumble or throw as many picks by doing he might, that. He might start actually cursing. I don't know. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Gosh darn it to heck. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. I, I've got him as I've got him as a kind of a mid QB two, and I think that uh, there's a lot of folks out there that don't want anything to do with him because he's burned them the last couple of seasons. Um, so I think you can get him at a hell of a discount right now. And just like you said, people aren't really thinking about that. They're not thinking about that offensive line and that running game that they have. But I believe that's going to help out a lot. He, he's obviously got the the weapons there, which we'll, we'll touch on in a minute. But, Rob, I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, you, you agree with that, or do you see something better or worse for him? I think he's easily a QB2, possibly low-end QB1. Uh, and the, the weapons are everything to do with that. And I, I just think that Indianapolis is trying to get it together and they're trying to figure out how to do it. I don't necessarily know that Phillip Rivers is the answer. Um, I don't know that Jacob Easton is the answer. It's a quarterback they drafted. Uh, he's a project, but they have time. Like Rivers could play for another year or two still. And uh, Jacob Easton, like he's got a cannon, but he's not consistent. And maybe that's something that Rivers can help him with. Uh, and I, th- I think that can be established, especially with the O-line, like 
you guys have already talked about there that if you get somebody time, typically their consistency goes up. So it all works hand in hand. And I think that Rivers is a uh, go get it if you're win now. Go get them. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of strange hearing that, you know, if you're in a win now mode, go get Rivers. But uh, yeah, if you're in a super flex league and you need a a solid QB2, I don't think it's going to take a whole lot to get a Phillip Rivers, and I believe it'll pay off for you. So I I absolutely agree there. So, Rob, you and I have talked a bunch about that running back that they drafted. Mm -hmm. And you absolutely love this man. what what do you think? You've told me time and time again that he is going to just beat Marlon Mack out week one for that starting role. I mean, are you still on board with that? I mean, what do, what oh, do you yeah. think there? What do you think about Taylor? Uh, I think that he's a nasty, nasty running back, and I think he's going to take the job right away from Marlon Mack right off the bat. Uh, let me pull up. I'm pulling up his stats here. Just one second. All right. Wisconsin. Three years, freshman, sophomore, junior, freshman year, 299 rushes, 1,977 yards as a freshman. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about a breakout age. Now, we're going to get into territory here where people are talking about how much treads left on the tires. Uh, he played every game. He hasn't been injured. So it's not really an issue, right? 307 rushes the next year for almost 2,200 yards. His, fr- his uh, junior year, 320 yards, another 2,000 yards. Like, 21 touchdowns his junior year. Yeah. Like, and come if, on. And if he and, and if he would have played this senior year, he would have broke the all-time rushing record in NCAA. You right. know, and probably by week three or week four. Easily. Absolutely. Easily. Right. And then his uh, junior year, his last year at Wisconsin, they started using him in a passing game a little bit more. He had 20, 26 receptions. For 252 yards and five touchdowns that way. He had 26 touchdowns last year. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. is it, You know, all these people on Twitter talking about, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Jonathan Taylor. Who's the who's that number one uh, running back to take? Oh, Jonathan it, Taylor. You know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because of the landing spot. That's the only reason he's in that conversation. Well, a lot Andy of- Reid, Andy Reid this, Andy Reid that. He's a running back magic worker, and his stats prove it. But Jonathan Taylor, talent-wise, is the best running back in this draft. Uh, I tend to agree. We did a draft. I, I took him as my as my number one running back in a in a couple of leagues. But it's it's funny as everyone talked about how uh, you know Edward Solaire was this great uh, you know pass catching running back. You know what what his whole entire college career, man, he had one receiving touchdown. Now I know this is take it with a grain of salt. You know it depends on the offense uh, that they're running and everything. But everyone's saying, "Oh, take Edward Solaire if it's a PPR league, and don't take John." You know Jonathan Taylor's the number two guy um, unless it's a standard league. But just like you said, I, I think in his junior year he had five touchdown catches, mm-hmm. and 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 Edward Solaire only had one touchdown catch his entire college career. Right. So I don't I don't know where people are getting off on, on some of their stats or predictions. And I understand, again, it's the, the Andy Reid boost. So you get a Kansas City boost right now. That's what you get. But honestly, Jonathan Taylor, that guy, up, he's Melvin Gordon plus for Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. You have a three-down weapon. And Marlon Mack, he, he would come off for a lot of third downs and stuff. Yeah, he can catch the ball too, but he wasn't really like the guy for that. Now they have 
Jonathan Taylor who's going to go in there. I think he's going to take Mac's job. So if I were playing fantasy football, I would go try to get Mac for real cheap when he gets traded to someone that's going to use him. Yeah, if they shop him, I mean, right now it's kind of hard. I mean, there's running backs out on the free agent market that still don't have jobs. This so is true. It, it's kind of hard for me to think that someone is going to give up a, a draft pick uh, for someone like a Marlon Mack or, or anything. I mean, even though I believe he's a great running back, uh, he's he's a proven running back. I mean, he gets gets a little banged up, um, but it's hard for, for a team to go out there and shed a, 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 an actual draft pick when there's guys on the – I mean, you've got people like McCoy and, and, and Carlos Hyde and Lamar Miller and guys like that that you could pick up. Yeah, uh, but they're old and busted. Marlon yeah. Mack is still young. It's true. I mean, that's true. And and and, and that's a thing. another thing about being young. I hate, 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 hate here. I hate this crap that I hear every damn year. Oh, this guy has a lot of tread. You know, this guy is uh, that he ran too much. How much? How much tread does he have left on the tires? I mean, give, give me a break. Jonathan Taylor is what twenty years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. Uh, He's what, got a lot of tread left. Exactly. You going to tell me Christian McCaffrey's not going to do this for another five years? Exactly. Come on, man. Exactly. Barring serious injury. Oh, he ran too much in college. Bullshit. Okay, right. the guy's the, the guy is twenty years old. Uh, he has got plenty of life left in those legs. Uh, that that shouldn't even be a question for him. So, you know, uh, Branson kind of left you out in the cold there, man. I apologize. I mean, what what do you think as far as as uh, Taylor and Marlon Mack and 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 do you think Taylor should be that number one uh, running back taken uh, in a rookie draft? I mean, what's your thoughts? You know, I, I do think Taylor takes over the job from Mac. I just don't agree that it's going to be week one. You know, I see kind of the first couple weeks being, you know, 60-40 Mac. Then it goes 50-50 for a week or two, and then Taylor's full throttle from there. But in terms of, you know, drafting him number one overall, he he is right there borderline uh, with CEH, in my opinion. The landing spot's solid for both of them honestly you know Taylor's in a good situation where you have a great line and you're gonna get the ball they like to run the ball the Colts win their games when Mac had more rushes you know anytime mm-hmm. they had a lack of rushing they lost the game so they're gonna feed him the ball yeah and and, and I saw that report that came out uh, today with what I don't know if you all saw the Frank Reich uh, comments about um, Naeem Hines saying he wouldn't be surprised if he had a game where he caught 10 passes. Did you all see that by chance? I did not. I yeah. didn't see that, but I, I could I could see that happening. Uh, Naeem right. Hines is a great pass catching back, and I think maybe he's going to wind up being somewhere where uh, a team can use him. Like you're going to see him. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like the Patriots go get him to be a James White replacement. He could be like at the end of the year if, or something like that. If Taylor takes over the job from Mac, does Hines jump Mac because he's got the hands? No, I don't. I don't think it's going to matter so much. I think he's going to be maybe just to spell him if Jonathan Taylor's a little fatigued on a on a third down or something like that. You'll see Hines come in. I think Hines is a better pass catching back than Mac. So. Oh, yeah. It, it's oh, it's possible, and I think Mac is definitely he's like a dual threat, but he's more of a, a first second down back. Well, well, Frank Reich said that Naeem will be very, very much 
integrated into the game plan on all three downs. Still enough snaps for him to be a very, very productive player this year. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. Exactly. I mean, that's a lot of that chatter this time of year where they're saying they're going to get everyone involved and this person's going to do that and everything. Weren't they talking him up last year like that too? Yeah, yeah, but. And then it didn't happen. Got to stay healthy too. Yeah. But here's the thing with Naeem Hines, and you've got Phillip Rivers there, and there's all these guys. There's there's these really, really deep fantasy players or these overthinkers that think, oh, man, I think Naeem Hines, I'm not going to tell anybody, but he could be the next Austin Eckler. You know he could he yep. could catch 70 80 balls in that offense cuz yeah. you know you know uh, you know uh, Philip Rivers maybe, loves checking down to that guy maybe if it was just Mac and him still but it's not it's, well, it's he, Jonathan Taylor he liked Taylor. to check down the ball so often cuz he didn't have time you know this is if true. he has time now with a line maybe he doesn't throw it to his running backs as and often the chargers built that that little check down around the fact that they had no line I think he's a nice little pickup. I I think if you're in a deep league, especially in a PPR league, I think it'd be a great little uh, little stash because he could. Uh, I think he'd be a nice little bi week guy if you're you know in a bind. Um, so what are you what are you giving for Naheem Hines in a trade? Ooh man, that's a good question. I think it really depends on a roster layout. Uh, me, I'm very strategic with my trades. I look at the other person's roster. I focus on what their needs are. And if I have an abundance of something, then I'm going to sell them on that. But I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to give up very much. I mean, if I had a third-round pick, maybe a fourth-round pick, um, I play a lot of dynasty leagues that have IDPs as well. So third-round picks are a little bit more valuable in those leagues. To oh, me yeah, for sure. Because of the defensive players. Mm-hmm. But um, if you don't play in an IDP league, I wouldn't have any problem uh, take, you know, giving a mid to late third-round pick and maybe even a fourth-round pick for him because, I mean, those are crap shoots already as it is. And, and, and Hines is a boom or bust guy. I think he could pay off big time. Or if he doesn't, man, you gave up a third, maybe a fourth. So not a huge right, deal. and he's still on a rookie contract, so he's not going to be expensive for someone else to go get him as far as another actual NFL team. Exactly, kind of like Marlon Mack. I mean, that's you know, Marlon Mack's a free agent after this year, and it looks like they're probably not going to bring him back or even franchise him because they've got their future already there. So um, let, let, let's talk about this because a lot of a lot of guys don't may not be doing a dynasty league, and, and they might be starting from scratch as far as a. a, a keeper league or redraft league where would you put jonathan taylor as far as like drafting i mean do you would you draft him as like an rb2 or an rb3 uh you know in a redraft league i mean what's our thoughts there for this year or going forward uh both let's just say both you know for this year i would say rb2 but you Mm -hmm. know second half of this year and going forward rb1 yeah i agree with that as well yeah, I've got that's that. that's redraft keeper. I mean, even oh man, like dynasty, I, I think he's hovering right around there as well. Because there's definitely you have your top running backs currently, and then rookies are unproven, but the pedestal's up there, and like Ceh is up there being drafted as as if he's already a stud running back one, and uh, I think people are overdrafting him. But yeah, people are in love with him. Yeah, so but I think Jonathan Taylor, running back two, uh, is is a safe spot to pick him up. 
All right, so so let's move on to the wide receiver core there because this is something me personally I'm very, very interested in. Um, I've always been a T.Y. Hilton lover. I've always liked the guy. I think he's been a he's a, he's a great fantasy player, and I always seem to get him at a little bit more of a discount uh, than what he produces. What can we expect from this wide receiver core as far as uh, you know having uh, uh, Philip Rivers in there? You know, do do we see T.Y. still being that wide receiver two, that fantasy wide receiver two? I mean. Uh, do we before we move on to Michael Pittman? Uh, what what do we think about Ty? Uh, I think he should should have a solid floor, and that floor is probably wide receiver two to maybe even a flex spot now, uh, given the weapons that are around Philip Rivers. I think Ty Hilton is going to like command a little better coverage on the field, so that's going to open up some other people, but. Even though he's 30 years old, he, he wants to get into a couple more years there, and he said he wants to be a Colt for life. So he's looking for a contract with them, and I think he's willing to negotiate with them. So you're looking at T.Y. being the, the wide receiver one on the team still for the next year or so, for sure. But I think his floor is definitely wide receiver two. I like him in best ball a mm-hmm. little more than most other formats. Uh, just because he could be a, a huge boomer bust week to week. Yeah, yeah. Branson, uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Because me personally, I see – I keep kind of thinking about the the Chargers, and I see T.Y. being that Keenan Allen. Uh, Absolutely. That, you know, his Keenan Allen on his new team here, um, which to me uh, gives him a lot of value as far as uh, a damn good wide receiver too, you know? No, and that's exactly where I was going to go with it. I was going to say, you know, Rivers, he finds his guy he likes and he focuses in on him, you know, and and feeds him the ball. And like you said, T.Y., he's going to be that Keenan Allen for him. He's going to get the the catches. He, you know, he may, being that he's getting older, you know, start to lower his yardage, but he's going to increase his receptions for sure. He's going to, I think, wide receiver two – is not out of the question. And like you said, you're going to get him later in drafts where he's going to exceed that value hands down. Yeah. I think that he's definitely going to surpass, uh, whatever discount you get on him. Now, I think he's a, a great, uh, great flex position. I mean, if you have a flex and you're in a PPR league, I think he's a great, great pick there. And I do believe he has that wide receiver to, uh, upside, even a higher end wide receiver too. But, uh, I think if you've got him there at, at your at your second receiver spot or even in your flex, I think you're going to be doing pretty well. Um, you know, we were kind of talking. I was making that reference as far as T.Y. being his Keenan Allen. Can we see Michael Pittman being that uh, Mike Williams type of player there where he's, he's throwing the ball? I mean, that bigger type of wide receiver with, I mean, great physical abilities. Uh, can we see him being that type of player for, for Rivers? Yeah, that's I'd exactly say so. Who I thought of. <laughs> yeah, I mean that—that's who's being comp to, as well. And then watching him play, like he's this—this this is Mike Williams. I think they went and got him just specifically because they had Philip Rivers. Like, and it's not a bad. They needed pick. they needed somebody big in the red zone because you did you did get rid of Eric Ebron. Right. So. Well, um, Jack Doyle's back. Mm-hmm. And Paris Campbell is apparently healthy. 
So let's not forget about Paris Campbell. He actually had a higher draft grade uh, than Michael Pittman. So I, I kind of think Paris Campbell is the heir apparent to T.Y., not Michael Pittman. But that's all. Absolutely. That's that's totally health dependent. So. Yeah, wh- where do we rank Michael Pittman as far as those? I mean, those rookie wide receivers. Um, you know, obviously you've got your C.D. Lambs, your Jerry Judys, your your uh, Jeffersons. Uh, where where do we see Pittman kind of falling in in that? Are you are you comfortable taking him if he falls to you in the second round of your rookie draft? I mean, if he fell to me in kind of the top or mid I think I would be ecstatic with him because I think this guy um, could be the future wide receiver one there on that team Uh, get your all's thoughts on that Mm, I you know I'd be happy with getting him mid-second I think Uh, just given the amount of talent that came out this year wide receiver it kind of pushed him down a little bit I think and that may have affected draft grade as well so like I talked about um as far as stats and just how, how well they performed at the combine and everything like that. I, I look at NFL's website on their prospect profile. I don't know if you guys have ever looked at that. And the prospect profile for Parrish Campbell was like a 6.7, like immediate starter. And Michael Pittman was like a 6.28, like most likely a, a second year breakout sort of, sort of guy, uh, but definitely a starter as well. So I, I think that Parrish Campbell is a different game than Michael Pittman. Parrish Campbell is going to be more of your slot guy. And I think that's going to be beneficial to uh, Phillip Rivers. And you're going to see Parrish Campbell really, really excel a little bit more than Michael Pittman initially. Now, I'm not saying Michael Pittman can't go out there and just be a beast. But I think you're you're going to see kind of a, a higher floor for three receivers and not necessarily a super high ceiling. Yeah, he's one of those guys that, like I was, uh, I agree. I was saying about some of those other players, is someone I would target uh, during your fantasy football season. If he's not getting shown a whole lot of love in the beginning of the season, it might be a nice little uh, target to have. Uh, you might be able to get him on the cheap. Um, so that that I've got my handful of guys that I'm looking at to to acquire, and we'll do that another show. But he's definitely uh, one of those wide receivers that I hope to try and snag from someone. Uh, if they grow a little frustrated with him. So, uh, Branson, do you have anything to add as far as, as Pittman goes? You know, mid to late second round would be great for him. Um, I do see him as more of a touchdown guy, kind of like Mike Williams was, you know, possibly getting that double-digit touchdowns, not necessarily the catches or the yardage. So, for me, you know, that's a big deal in terms of where I'm thinking him and like you said he's in it he's in a draft where it is loaded with wide receiver talent you know any other year he's going to be a first round pick absolutely he he's a solid wide receiver and i think he is going to be great for this team unfortunately yeah i i think he's <laughs> i think he's a weapon and um i'm very very excited to see what he's going to be able to do uh there with that offense and and so um I have no problem taking him. He's a target of mine. Um, I just hope that that works out. So uh, let's move on to the tight end position there because here's one of my big, big sleepers. And I don't even know if I want to call it. I don't even know if there's such thing as a sleeper anymore because everyone does so much coverage now. But (laughs) someone that I'm targeting a lot in my drafts is 
is Jack Doyle. Um, I think he's a tight end one this year because you're getting him at a discount. I say take advantage of that because Phillip Rivers loves his tight ends. And, mm-hmm. and, and Doyle is dependable. And, and I believe he has sneaky, sneaky uh, mid to, to late tight end one production this year. Uh, anybody disagree or agree with that? When he's on the field, yes. It's if he stays healthy. Yeah. That's just my only deal. Right. If he's healthy, I mean, I'd peg him for, I don't even know, probably 60 to 70 receptions, and that's just because of the other receiving talent that's there that may limit it a little bit. Um, but I, I honestly think he's going to be a touchdown machine. If he's healthy and plays all 16 games, you're probably going to see, uh, I'd expect, probably 12 to 15 touchdowns out of him, honestly. Man, that would be – I, I, I was that. thinking somewhere around double – you know, nine, ten touchdowns. But, shit, man, if he ended up with 12 to 15. Dude, you got you got to think about the, the all the weapons that are put there now and the, the whole overall, like, what they're able to accomplish as a unit. And Jack Doyle is an end zone beast. He just hasn't been super healthy. So Eric Ebron's gone. Uh, but they did bring in Trey Burton from Chicago, who, by the way, was on IR and failed his physicals, so Chicago let him go. Yeah. So I don't even know what he's going to be to the Colts. But Jack Doyle's the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there, there's no one there to really threaten him. Uh, the only person that's going to that hurt him is himself. Um, but I, I definitely – shit, man. If he, if he ended up with 12 to 15 touchdowns, holy smokes, that would be amazing. Um, I mean, I haven't looked at their schedule really, the Colts, but I, it, it's one I of think the easier it's ones. doable, right? And I think a twelve to fifteen is doable for a tight end with Philip Rivers at the helm. Exactly. I mean, that's the Thank reason you. why I had him pegged as a tight end one. But man, you've got him. Uh, you've got me my mouth watering as far as that's concerned because I picked him up in a few leagues. So. Well, hopefully I'm right because I'm trying to pick him up too. <laughs> Nobody listen to this while I send some trade offers. <laughs> exactly, Branson. What do you think, man? No, I I definitely see him having a good year. Double digit touchdowns is not out of the realm. Like I said, it's all dependent on health. Yeah, I've had him in previous years, and when he's in, he's been a solid tight end one for me, and I love it. But it was just dependability. That was my only issue with him. Well, all right. Well, good stuff. Does anybody have anything? I don't know if we really want to talk about their draft, but does anyone have anything they want to bring up about their draft before we move on? Uh, just real quick. Uh, we know they took Pittman and Taylor, like, both in round two. Um, one thing they were kind of struggling with was secondary, and they they addressed that in the third round. They picked up a safety uh, who tore his ACL in December, so he's not like a right-now fix, but they – got him for the future he would have been a way higher pick in the draft had he actually not torn his acl uh as recently as december so i think mid-season you're going to see this guy julian blackman come out at safety for indianapolis and really bolster their defense um and then they did they picked up a guy uh an an offensive lineman from ball state just kind of a depth sort of thing but potential to be a starter there well, they did pick up – they had a nice draft. I mean, getting Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Julian Blackman, I mean, and then obviously getting Jacob Eason as well. I mean, this could end up being a very, very 
uh, good draft class for them. And they've got some guys there at the kind of the tail end of the draft as well that wasn't bad, mm-hmm. some sixth rounders. So, yeah. Oh, Desmond Patton, yeah, down there from Washington State. Mm-hmm. Sleeper alert, yeah, go get him. Yeah, exactly. So stash them, stash them in your taxi squads. Man, there were so many damn wide receivers that fell to like the sixth, seventh round. Well, the, uh, it was so deep this, this was year. the craziest draft ever, yeah. And, and, and it's funny because the Packers didn't take a single damn one of them. Anyways. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, that's good stuff for the Colts. Let's move on to our last team, and we'll, we'll, we'll blaze through this one, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, a lot of folks have some questions. I've gotten a lot of Twitter questions as far as, uh, you know, people like Leonard Fournette and what can we expect from people like, you know, DJ Chark and, and Levesque Chenault, things like that. But uh, the one I'm very, very curious of, that I can't wait to see is is Gardner Minshew. A lot of people think that this team uh, is going to be terrible. I'm not one of those guys. I don't think they're going to be a contender by any means, but uh, there's a lot of folks out there that has them tanking for Lawrence and and going to go, you know, win one game this year. I'm not that guy. I think they win five or six games this uh, easily. Um, they've still got a solid defense. Got. Good guys on at wide receiver. Got a damn good running back, and Gardner Minshew's got a whole off season to prepare uh, for this coming season. Mm-hmm. So let's start with him. What can we expect from him? Is is he like a is he a QB two? Um, you know, because I think he's a great grab, especially if you're in a super flex league. Um, anyway, what's our thoughts on this guy? You can go ahead, Branson. I mean, he's definitely mobile, um, which helps his game out a ton I just, you know super flex yes I would put him on there as my you know second quarterback and you're gonna have days where he's gonna win you a league you know win you a game because his legs and if, like you said look at he's got some weapons around him and you know I'm huge on DJ Shark and we can get into that later but as you know redraft or dynasty I don't know if Minshew's the answer for the Jaguars future and I don't think they see that either. Um, but he is, you know, super flex. I do think he's a solid pick this year. Man, I don't, I don't know. I th- he put up some pretty good numbers last year. And like you said, his legs, I mean, he ran for 344 yards. Um, so he can, he can get it done on the ground if he has to. I think um, some of that was panic running. It <laughs> probably. Was. Let's be real. It's accidental points. So I, I think that I mean, he is more comfortable this year. I, I will agree with that. And I think his ceiling is QB2. Yep. So. But he can throw the pigskin over a mountain. I mean, he's Uncle Rico, oh, right? Oh, I know, right? Uncle Rico, that's it. He's going to ride that mustache wave. Put some butts in the <laughs> seats there in Jacksonville. Everybody's wearing jorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, they already I, do that down there. I don't know if you've ever been to Jacksonville, but that's <laughs> – no offense, guys. That's just the truth. <laughs> well, I lived, I lived down there for five years, so I can talk smack. Nice. <laughs> I, I think he can be a, a solid wide or a wide receiver. I think he could be a solid quarterback too. Um, and yeah, it, it is kind of iffy if you're in a dynasty league because you just don't know what route they're going to go if he if they're going to believe in him. But if you can get him on the cheap, I just saw him get traded in a, in a league. Um, well, actually, as we were shooting this show, probably about 10 minutes ago, I got an email, something flashed across my screen saying that someone traded him in the Dynasty League that I'm in. Um, 
So it uh, didn't care much for the trade, but uh, you know he he he's getting a little bit of love, uh, to say the least, in that league. But um, I, I could see him being a solid solid quarterback too, and and he can run. Um, he's not afraid to run. Um, he's got more time to prepare. I mean, he came in as a rookie, you know, just kind of got thrown into the mix, wasn't as, as prepared as as guys need to be, and I think this whole offseason is going to help him out tremendously. I believe he's going to definitely outperform, you know, his his draft position and uh, and be a, a nice player fantasy-wise. So, I don't know, just my thoughts, I guess. Yeah, the possibilities there. So I mean, we'll, we'll see how the season plays out, and a lot and, of that has to do with the weapons around him. So and 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 like you were saying, and coaching. And listen, I mean, yeah, they could be playing from behind quite a bit this year, so you could see an opportunity for a lot of garbage type of points. I mean, they could be just chucking that the ball adds all up. around. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, that's something you always have to take in consideration. Hey, garbage I mean, time wins or wins. That's it. W's a W. Blake Bortles was a decent fantasy quarterback because of that. It, he really was. <laughs> he really was. So here's a here's a big, big thing. I am a Leonard Fournette lover, especially last year. He helped win me a league, and, and, and I'm a big believer in him this season as well. Now, next season, I don't know. Um, but this year, I think he's a running back one again. Last year in a PPR league, he finished as a number six uh, you know, running back. I could see more of the same uh, this year. I, I see him being a top 10 running back again, just because like what we were saying earlier in the show about Derrick Henry and yep. maybe, th- maybe they're not looking, they're not looking to this as a long-term thing. So let's just run the hell out of this guy and squeeze every little bit that we can because uh, Fournette had over 300 touches last year, he had 265 carries and he caught the ball. He caught 76 passes last year for 522 yards. That's not happening again. You don't think so? I, I, no. I think that goes down a little, but I do agree that he is going to get ran into the ground. They were already trying to mm-hmm. trade him this year, so mm-hmm. they don't yeah. see a future with him. They're just going to use him and abuse him. So I think they're just going to run a snot out of him. And uh, they brought in Chris Thompson from Washington, who is a pass-catching back when healthy. And when he is healthy, he's very dangerous. So I, I think that you're going to lose a lot of receptions to Chris Thompson and then uh, LaVisca Chenault, which we'll get to in a little bit. Chris Thompson, the the Will Fuller of running backs. Hey, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he is the Will. That's a good comp. That I is mean, a I'm, good comp. There's, there's, <laughs> there are, there's always those damn guys. And, and, mm-hmm. and golly, I have fallen into a, a Chris Thompson trap uh, too many times. So, uh, yeah, never again, never again. But, yeah, I do. I see Fournette being a stud again this year. Um, If you're in a win-now situation in your fantasy league, I would absolutely target him, especially if the owner of him is is looking to rebuild. Um, You can really sell them on the fact that, hey, they're not picking up his option. He's not going to be there next year. And hopefully you can discredit him enough to where you might be able to get him at a little bit of a at a discount because I think he is definitely going you could you could run him out there as your running back two and you're gonna get running back one numbers out of him, just like Absolutely. last year. Um so uh, Branson, you, do you agree there or what what do you think? No, yeah, no, I agree for sure. Um he's gonna like I said, Fournette's gonna get run to the ground. 
Thompson's going to, when he is healthy, he's going to catch, you know, six, seven, eight balls a game. I could see that, you know, with mm-hmm. Minshew running around like crazy, having to dump it off. So. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's move on to, you know, we were talking about DJ Chark a little bit ago. Um, what do we think about him? I mean, he had what? 73 catches last year. Mm-hmm. Um, or did he have 73 catches? What did he have last year? Mm. I don't think he had 73. I think that was my projection for him this year. <laughs> he had 73. Yeah, okay. 73 okay. for 1,008 yards. Yep, yep, he did, and, and eight touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. I see more of the same this year. No, my projection actually was 78 catches for uh, 1,117 yards and seven touchdowns, so right around the same type of numbers. Um do we? Do you all see more of a of an increase in receptions and production? Because I kind of had him right around the same of what he did last year. I mean, what what do you all have him at? I got two I different got two different schools. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm kind of like I've been torn about this, and I, I've talked to a couple guys about this uh, that I work with that are playing really deep fantasy leagues and stuff, and we've had a lot of chart conversations and. People seem to be split. He's either going to hover right around where he's at now with a slight uptick, or you're going to see that third-year jump. And you're going to see him with 90 to 100 receptions and like 1,200-plus yards and probably 8 to 10 touchdowns, somewhere around there. So he's going to be a little better than he was. And I could see that honestly happening a little bit more because they picked up LaVisca Schultz, who is an absolute weapon on the field. The guy's a monster. And that's going to take a lot of attention off of DJ Chark. As long as Minshew gets a little more comfortable with him, you're going to see a larger uptick than probably you would even expect. Yeah, I'm seeing in a lot of dynasty rankings and whatnot that they have uh, DJ right into that, anywhere from about that 22 to 26 range, right around the Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin. Um, area there mm-hmm. so we we could see him being a a, a back end wide receiver too with maybe a little bit more upside um especially if they are playing from behind and they're having to chuck it around quite a bit but like you were saying uh, with laviska chenault um he is an absolute weapon um why don't you shed a little bit more light on that because i know that's a guy that you really really like oh yeah i love this guy um laviska chenault he I, I've been trying to draft him, and I, I unfortunately have a tendency to trade away up like higher draft picks. So uh, he's going way earlier in drafts than I was anticipating, and I've had my eye on him for a little bit out of Colorado, and uh, he kind of fell off a little bit last year in Colorado, and I think a lot of that was quarterback play. Um, he played for more games, had less receptions than he did as a sophomore, but he had a core muscle injury. He had surgery done on it. There's videos out there on him now, and he's running full speed routes, cutting, catching the ball, jumping up for the ball, all this stuff. He's out in the park doing things with it with his buddies, I guess, but he looks nasty. So go get you some LaVisca Chenault if you can before the price gets too high. Well, see. He's going to be good. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. I'm kind of on the other side of this. I think he's going to be a good, good player for that team. He's going to help them a lot. But I don't know if I 
really ever see him being a, a too big of a fantasy factor. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be that wide receiver two type of production. Um, I think he has the talent, um, but as long as some, you know, you've got a DJ Chark there and D.D. Westbrook, things like that. I, I think Chenault's more of a, of a, you know, a stash, a bye week, fill in, especially a best ball play. Um, but I don't know if I ever, ever really see him sneaking into that top 30 type of, of wide receivers to make him relevant enough for me to really go and you know Ooh, get excited. Do. do you? I, Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't excite me because it, you know the injuries um, definitely don't help him at all. But um, uh, the talent is definitely there. I guess I'm just going to have to uh, be proven wrong. Uh, but he doesn't do a whole lot for me. Like I, I see where he's you're coming be from one of with those it. Good football plays. You know, he's I think good be more. for the football team. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Like you were saying, though, in terms of fantasy, I don't know if he sneaks into that top 30 for me either. I think he's going to be a stud, but in a football aspect, you know, for the team, you know, special teams especially. I think his first touch in college was a kickoff return for a touchdown. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's going to make plays with the ball in his hands, but the consistency, I think, is not going to be there for him to be in that upper echelon you know it's very very strange that we're in this whole in this afc south episode i see chenault being like the next will fuller oh my god am am i crazy (laughs) get out of here am i crazy yeah you're crazy i'm crazy then oh my god if i'm seeing him you know having these good games but uh being kind of that injury prone guy good i'd say by I, I, I like that. Uh, okay, I like that. But I, I think he's going to beat Chris Conley out of a job uh, sooner than later. And D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook is Will Fuller. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about Conley. And like I said, D.D. Westbrook is Will is Will Fuller. <laughs> yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I don't even think D.D. Westbrook's even at that level because Will no. Fuller produces. <laughs> you know, D.D. Westbrook hasn't had an opportunity to 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 produce. He's been hurt, and his quarterback play has been terrible. So we'll see what happens. You know, they could be playing, like I said, man, they could be playing from behind quite a bit, and somebody's got to catch the ball. I mean, they can't all go to D.J. Chark, so someone else is going to have to make those catches. So, uh, like I said, I, I'm on the fence. I, I'm, I'm probably avoiding him. Um, I'm not going to pay a premium for him at all, but somebody's got to catch the ball there, and there is that opportunity for him. If he can stay healthy, um, he can be a big play guy. Um, but um, I'm not as excited about him as some others are that are out there. That's just me, though. But somebody, like I said, somebody's got to catch the damn ball, so he's got all the opportunity in the world to uh, to be a productive fantasy player. So. Yeah. Speaking I, of, uh, go mm, ahead. Mm. What? Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Man. Go ahead. I'm go just ahead. I'm thinking about all these weapons and stuff here, and then I know we're gonna get to the tight end, and then talk about their draft, and I'm looking at their 2019 season, and some of the games they won, some of the games that were close. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just an absolute menace to the AFC South this year. Because because of their draft picks, 
Yeah. And, I, oh, man. They're going just, to be oh. better than what people are. It's a, there's folks out there that have them as the worst team in the league. I don't know where the hell they're getting this from. Their defense isn't bad. They signed a middle linebacker in Schobert. They still have Yannick Ngakwe. They've got uh, Josh Allen. Um, they've made a, some damn good draft picks. And and their offense is still intact. Uh, they didn't lose anything. They just gained. Um, and then they – They'll be tough. Yeah. And They're they, going to be tough. And, 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 and you talk about uh, a gain on offense. They got the one, the only, Tyler Eifert. I mean, come on. <laughs> How do you not win games with friggin' Tyler fucking Eifert on your team? <laughs> He's got to be on the field. <laughs> yeah, God. He does have what, to be on the field. What a joke. My gosh. It sucks, though, because, you know, Tyler Eifert performed with Andy Dalton. And if you can perform with Andy Dalton, I think you're a good player. <laughs> I mean, he produces when he's on the field, but golly bum. I mean, the dude just cannot. I mean, he's like the most freak accidents and, and, and just can't. It, that's what it is. It's freak accidents. It's, it's it's hard to explain and it's hard to, you know, predict. It's not like it's soft tissue or like willful or you expect him out every it, year for a portion. Yeah, like it blows my mind that teams sign him. Like that, that the Bengals re-signed him last year. I thought that they were going to be like, thank God we don't have to pay him, you know, waste money on him anymore. And they brought him back. <laughs> and now, yeah, but it's the Bengals. Yeah, golly. And, <laughs> and now Jacksonville's done the same thing. Now, he did stay a little healthier last year, um, but that's not saying much. Uh, do we, do we, does anybody even need to bother in having Eifert on their fantasy roster at all? I'll late round flyer him. Best ball, yeah. Yeah, he could be a late pick in a best ball league, you know, just because he could catch some touchdowns here and there. Like I said, you know, they could be chucking it around quite a bit when they're down. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So before we end the episode here, um, let's talk about that draft that they had. They had, uh, in my opinion, one of the best drafts uh, of any team in the NFL. And so – Rob, I know that there's some guys that really stick out to you that they picked up. Why don't you shed some light on that, touch on that a little bit? So the reason I was saying they're going to be a menace is their their defensive drafting strategy here. Uh, now, we talked about LaVisca Chenault. He was a second-round pick for them. Mm-hmm. First round, though, they picked up a corner and C.J. Henderson out of Florida. That guy's a lockdown corner. Absolutely. He's nasty, so good luck. Um, edge rusher, uh, Clavon Chasen out of LSU. Let's let's be real. That that guy was just mowing people over the whole season last year at LSU. Nothing's going to change coming into the NFL. He's going to be a starter day one. Uh, defensive lineman Davon Hamilton out of Ohio State. Again, nasty. Uh, offensive tackle Ben Barch. He, he has a really high dra- draft rating. He's out of St. John's, uh, Minnesota. I guess. Like I don't know much about him. But all the reviews and stuff that I, I I didn't know anything about him, so I was like, let me watch this guy, and he's one hell of a blocker. So there's some a little protection there. I I don't know that he's going to be a starter from the get go, but he's definitely going to be in in the talk to be a starting offensive tackle. And then from there on, I mean, they just went corner, linebacker, safety. Then like a flyer on Colin Johnson out of Texas, who that's not really a very good pick in the fifth round, but that's just my opinion. And then uh, Jake Luton out of Oregon State, low-key real good quarterback. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of weapons there. 
He had a 62% completion percentage, threw for 2,700 yards, 28 touchdowns, only three interceptions last season. So you sling the ball 358 times. Right. But Josh Dobbs is there. So does he beat Josh Dobbs? Who knows? And a couple of things that I was reading online actually said Luton could potentially challenge Gardner Minshew for the starting job. Because the Jags don't care who they're starting. I think they're going to put Minshew in just because he puts butts in seats. Yeah, yeah. They have the merchandise for Minshew. They do. So, and then it, it could be tank for Trevor, but I don't think Gardner Minshew's arrogance is going to let that happen. Yeah, so, if, they, yeah. if they put in Luton. They're not going to tank. If they're Yeah, if they're playing Luton, then they're tanking. I mean, without a shadow right. of a doubt. Um, and then I feel bad for Minshew because – I think he deserves all this, the chances in the world. But uh, back to the draft, they they had the picks and they used them wisely with the exception of, like I said, Colin Johnson out of Texas. No offense, Colin Johnson, if you're listening. Uh, I just don't think that you were a good flyer in the fifth. I mean, they had 12 picks. So odds are they're going to hit on a couple of them, and that's all you need. Right. I mean, Tyler Davis is kind of interesting in the sixth round as a tight end out of Georgia Tech. So maybe he becomes something, but tight ends take a little bit longer to develop into what teams want them to be. Hmm. So speaking of this, it, it, we were talking about uh, trades earlier. <clears throat> so a trade just goes down in my, uh, my dynasty league where a guy traded Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, I guess, you know, kind of the handcuff to Kenyon Drake, uh, Dawson Knox, Antonio Brown, and McCole Hardman to a guy for Austin Eckler, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and Gardner Minshew. Wait, say That's what? a lot of players. That was a lot of names. All right. Hold so on. It, I need to write this down. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, so Kenyon Drake. Ahead. Let's just say Kenyon Drake. Chase Edmonds is involved, but that's more of a handcuff. So right. Kenyon Drake, Dawson Knox, uh, Antonio Brown, McCole Hardman, now, I will say this is an IDP league, so Roquan Smith was involved in this deal mm. as well. Okay. Hold on, Antonio Brown, you said Mikol? Mikol Hardman, yep. Okay. Uh, Roquan Smith, Dawson Knox. Okay. Now, this was Tommy, all right? Tommy, who's been on the show. Mm-hmm. He, he acquired those players, and he traded away Austin Eckler, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and Gardner Minshew. Superflex. Oh, he acquired Eckler? No, he traded he, away. He traded away Eckler. Eckler, Ertz, yep. Goddard. And Gardner Minshew. And Minshew. Hmm. Tommy. So, yeah, he traded Antonio that Brown or A.J. Brown? He picked up Antonio Brown, which is funny because he's just turned around now. I just got this uh, uh, ding on my phone saying that he's offered Antonio Brown to me for one of my third-round picks in the rookie draft. <laughs> he must be on that train. He thinks he's going to go play in Baltimore. Actually, never mind. He offered it to me for two third-round. I've got four third-round picks in this rookie draft. He's offered it to me for two of them. Antonio Brown is never playing football again Yeah. in the NFL. I, I, I tend to agree, but he's playing with my CFL, heartstrings here. here. He comes. He, he's playing with me here because I keep seeing all these Antonio Brown, Baltimore Raven rumors. He's trying to mess with me here, man. He's trying to mess but it's with not him. like if you try to pick up Antonio Brown just to like taunt you, you just 
doomed your team. Yeah. You traded away a running back one, mm-hmm. two tight end, potentially two tight end ones, mm-hmm. and a quarterback in a super flex league. Yeah, and basically for you- essentially for essentially Kenyon Drake and Roquan Smith. Yeah. I asked him when he made this deal, um, when he when he had made this, when he was talking about this deal, I said, you know, why would you want to get Dawson Knox? I mean, I know some people have him on their, uh, uh, I don't know, they have high hopes for him, but shit, you already have that in Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. You know, why, why trade those away? And it, now maybe I got to him a little bit, you know, one of our previous episodes when I said, hey, maybe it's a, it's best to move Ertz now a, a year earlier than a year too late. But maybe he took that a little little too Whoa. far. Ertz is going to go to another team and be a tight end one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The idea to move him is just because he's not going to be in Philly. And there's a little bit of uh, – hesitation in the unknown there like you just don't know what's gonna happen but Ertz is a stud like what is he 29 he's gonna play till he's 35 that's what tight ends do yeah and and he's he's an asset he's a weapon yeah Um, so uh you know he's he's one of those guys that can get open and he catches the ball he's very dependable I mean he gets banged up a lot but shit what, what player doesn't get banged up I mean he doesn't miss a whole lot of time he doesn't miss much at all so yeah, yeah, I don't know. Tommy. If, yeah, Tommy. I don't. I, especially giving up that that quarterback in a in a super flex. Now we don't know what the future is as we were talking about, as far as Gardner Minshew is concerned. Um, but he may. He's going to be the starter at least this year. Hey, listen, I I like Kenyon Drake. Yeah. I like Kenyon Drake in that deal. Um, and he did trade Austin Eckler, which was. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Would you trade Austin Eckler away for Kenyon Drake? Yes. Straight up. I would. Branson? Hmm. I don't think so. Too much unknown for me for Drake in that offense. For for longevity and what they're planning on doing. I just don't know. I think they're yeah. I think they're they're dead even to me. See, so I think I think Kenyon Drake can be more of that three down back where he can run the ball. I I don't <laughs> see Eckler now listen, if 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 Phillip Rivers was still there in in LA, then no, I would keep Austin Eckler. Um, mm-hmm. but, Taylor likes to dump the ball off too. Hey, I don't. Th- I don't think you're going to have any loss of production in Eckler. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, Six, now another way, question: does the other? Yeah, uh, would you trade Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard away for Dawson Knox, Antonio Brown, and Miko Hardman? Hell no! Hell no! no. Right, and then would you trade in a super flex league Gardner Minshew for Roquan Smith? Shit, no, no. Right, Tommy. What what was this? Yeah, maybe I need to tell Tommy not to listen to this yeah. episode because I, I will tell you what. In <laughs> no, his... you, you you do, and what you do is you chop this part it's, off. It's a learning, and you put it's it at the beginning. Thing. Yeah, you know what, what what's <laughs> kind of funny is is in this particular league, uh, what we do in the off season. Or I, I don't run this league, but the the commissioner, what he does is, if anybody makes a deal, it goes into like a uh, a waiting period, a three day waiting period. Ugh. Because some Gross. people complained and said, "Well, we, you know, we don't get to look at our emails all the time, and we don't, you know, we don't have a chance to to make deals." So the commissioner got this what? bright idea going. Well, I'll put it in a three day grace period, so you see the players that are involved in this deal, so. You can uh, if you can, attempt to trade tonight. Yeah, yeah. 
basically. If you can come up with a better offer and get them to come off of that trade, you've got you've got seventy two hours to do so, which I don't like. And I Yuck. saw this I saw this go through three nights ago when I was out. I was out with some friends and I had a few drinks and I called Tommy. I was walking down the damn street half ass drunk and I called Tommy and I said, Hey brother, what in the hell possessed you to make this deal? And, and it's please, accepted. Please, like, please explain this to me. And uh, he, bless his heart, he tried, uh, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. So, um, and now he's trying to trade me Antonio Brown to get a couple of third round picks. And man, there's just no way in the world I can do that. So no way. Like you're you're not recouping any of these losses. No, no. Like and and the three day grace period thing, like. Uh, no, no offense, but if you're going to be in a league that is this involved, then you should be that involved. And a three-day grace period is really just an opportunity for collusion. You and know, I don't think that happens in most leagues, but when you have a, a thing like that and those sorts of rules, I, I think that the commissioner's got a little too much power. Is there? Can you veto trades in this league too? No, no, no okay, none of that. good. And good, and you can't good. and you can't go back and change. If you've made the deal and you've hit accept, you can't change your mind in that three day period. It just says like someone goes, oh shit. Well, I didn't know uh, he was willing to trade Austin Eckler. Hell, I'm gonna go and hit him up and see if I can maybe give him a better better offer uh, enough so, yeah, to, like for Antonio him to Brown. Yeah. To- <laughs> so if you, so if you hit if you've hit send, you cannot retract it. Before you can, it's accepted. No, you can re, you can re, you can retract. You can revoke your trade offer. Okay, so what's the point of the three day period then if it's accepted? Because people in the league would complain um, about not seeing it. They can't yeah, do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, like accepted. I'm not, I'm not as involved in the off season as those. You know, we've got like four or five guys. I mean, it's a twelve team league. There's four or five, six guys. You know, less than half the league. That man, they're just they're involved. I mean, it, fantasy football never stops. I'm one of those guys. Right. Um, but the other half of the league is just like, eh, you know, uh, and it, and it all started last year cause I acquired the number one pick in the draft and some people got really pissed off about that. So then it started creating, uh, this buzz, which, uh, which led to that, but you know, it, it is what it is. It, no one has gone back on a trade at all. It's just, once a deal goes through, you're just like, really got to wait three days now. You know, yeah. Um, is it, that that's just the off season, like during? It's just the off season. It does. They're not doing that during the season because people. And are, that's just so people can see it happen. I, I I suppose. And then if there's a way that you know gives you an opportunity to go and say, man, I didn't even have a chance to make that guy an offer for him. Um, well, then they do but it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> exactly. It's, it, it's already done. Yeah. Like I, it's already accepted. What's the matter? Well, I didn't have a cho- a chance to go. You know, try to trade snipe this well, guy. Man, listen, if you wanted Eckler, man, you've had you know the last several weeks, the last year to try and get him from me. What the hell? Well, they haven't ma- been able oh, to check their email, Bob. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait! I can't believe you <laughs> traded him. Now, now I don't have an opportunity to get him. Well, yeah, you do. Now you can go go ask the other guy that just got him to try and get him. I mean, that's my my opinion, but uh, you know, I play by the rules, and 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 no one has uh, you know, no one's gone back on a deal at all. Now there have been attempts. Um, but no one is. Once a deal's made, man, everybody's stuck to, stuck by their stuck to their guns and 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 kept that you know went on with it. So, yeah, interesting interesting stuff. You know, there, so many leagues out there with so many different rules. Um, this was just a uh, kind of a thing to to flirt with and see what people thought about it. I'm not the biggest fan, but it doesn't really 
kill me or anything. All right, T- Tommy, I'm sorry for bagging on you so hard, bud. That's that's a that's a rough one though, dude. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like it. Like I said, I called him immediately. I was like, dude, what the hell were you thinking? You've got please, like like I'm his father. So please explain to me what's going on here. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. So hey, but anyways, that's that. Well, gosh, man, uh, we've gone on way way too long here for the folks. No, out it's there, fun. So. We're having a good time. Yeah, yeah, it's it is been a good, good time. So. Uh, Branson, like I said, brother, I appreciate you coming on the show. You, you, you shed a lot of light and, and added a lot to it as far as the AFC South goes. Um, I encourage everyone to please go out there and follow him at Back Row Texans. He puts on a great podcast. He's brand new to the game, but he puts on good stuff there, uh, especially if you're a Texans fan. Or if you own any of those Texans players, he's going to help you out a lot and uh, hopefully you know, contribute in a way to help you win your fantasy football championship there. And Rob, brother, my my, my, my sidekick, my, my compadre, my boy. Yeah, um, man. I, I, I love you, man. I appreciate you helping out with this. And everyone out there, we do appreciate you giving us uh, a listen there. Um, I do encourage you all to please go on uh, whatever app you're listening to the podcast on, whether it's Apple or Spotify or whatever it is, please give us a five-star rating. Give us the best rating you can. And if you if you like the pod, please subscribe to us. It just it only helps us out. Um, just makes us look a little bit better. We're, we're trying to get better every week for you and help you win that fantasy football championship. Uh, so until then, my name's Bob, and for Rob and Branson, thank you for listening to the PPR podcast. And everyone, please, please, please stay safe.